Hi, welcome to the Read Play Talk podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Paris. And I'm your other host, Jack Love. This podcast is a resource for all things Read Play Talk. We hope that our listeners will be encouraged to read, play, and talk with their children every day. So we're going to mix it up today a little bit. In this episode, I'm going to be talking with Lindsay about why and how she turned her kids into screen-free kids. Yeah, I'm excited. Are you? I am, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I probably should have done this a long time ago. Turn my kids into screen yeah. kids, but I didn't. Okay, so. before we get into questions, I just feel like I need to say, like, this talk is not meant to be, like, shaming towards parents. I don't want this to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm such a bad parent because I'm not doing this. This is more like to bring awareness. I was made aware of this information in August of this year, and it's completely changed our life. And so I feel this obligation. Well, yeah, and that's kind of the purpose of the podcast, right? We're not yeah. ever shaming anybody. We're Never. trying to give people information and, and let them know that this is the things that they can do and how easy it is. Yes, so, definitely. Yeah, certainly not a shame. So, all right, let's get started. You want to get into it? Let's go. All right, so tell me a little bit about your story and how much technology your kids are exposed to, maybe? Mm-hmm. And have they always been screen-free? Okay. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. No, they have not always been screen-free kids. So I'm going to go all the way back to when I'd had my first daughter who just turned eight this weekend. By the way, on your birthday, happy birthday. She was born on my birthday. Yes, we share a birthday, which she loves. I hate, but we we don't have time to get into that today. You know, Lola was a newborn at this time. And I remember we were in Target and I was pushing her around and she was like screaming, having this huge meltdown. And I looked over and I saw another mom who had like a toddler. And this toddler had an iPhone and was watching a video like on YouTube or whatever. And I remember thinking, oh. This is going to be amazing. Like when Lola gets old enough, I'll just give her a phone and I can do my shopping and I can do like what I need to do and she won't scream and have meltdowns. This will be awesome. And then as she got older, you know, we let her play on the phone. And I remember when she learned how to swipe and press buttons and I thought, oh, my gosh, my kid's a genius. Like she's so smart. She can figure out how to use this phone. And then I started seeing some red flags as early as like two years old where I would download these educational apps apps where they're doing sorting by shape and colors. And then when it would be time, you know, for her to put the device away, she would throw these huge tantrums and huge meltdowns. And I was like, well, this isn't okay. So that was kind of red flag number one. And then, you know, you just start noticing everywhere in society, like you go to a restaurant, everyone's on their phones. No one's looking at each other. Guilty. Yeah. Oh, totally. Me too. And so I just became so annoyed by it. And then in August of last year, I came across this guy on Instagram, ironically. His name is Colin Karchner. (laughs) Sorry, that's pretty funny. Exactly, it is. But he kind of speaks out against this technology addiction that we're seeing in our society and especially in our kids. He recommended a book called Glow Kids, and it's by a guy named Nicholas Cardaris. And just, again, talking about screen addiction. And so I read it. I read the first 22 pages, and I called my husband, and I'm like, we're done. Like they're done with the screens because those first 22, and it's like a 400 page book, but those first 20 pages were enough for me to realize this is doing way more damage to my kid's brain than I'm even realizing. Yeah. And so in August of 2020, we took our kids' devices away completely. And since then, they haven't been on an iPad. They haven't been on phones. They have been on, you know, some computers because we're doing virtual learning and they're doing school that way. But any kind of just for like recreational I say fun, like uh, sure, yeah, in quotes, yeah. but have not had a screen huh. since August of awesome. last year. So I have not read the book. Probably should. I should put it on my list of things to read, but my kids are well beyond that. But yeah. I'm guessing, you know, from all the stuff that I've heard on TV and watched some interviews with people, Netflix things and so forth, these things, these these apps, these phones 
like Facebook, they're all designed to get to the most basic point of your brain, right? Absolutely. So while you think you're getting smart, really you're not. They're just tuning in to like the easiest part of your brain that they can get to, right? And they're designed to be addictive. Like these people who who design these apps – it's not like one day they looked at me like, oh, people really liked that. I didn't expect people to like it so much. Like, yeah. no, it's designed to make you crave. Even kids, like, yeah. gamifying it, making them want to come back yeah. for more. And scrolling. Like, you just yes, want constantly. Because like, you think I'll eventually get to the bottom, but the dirty secret is there's no yeah. end. It just yeah. keeps going and, it's and going. That way. And going. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So let's talk about time. What kind of average amount of time are kids today spending on screens, do you think? Yeah, so this is really interesting. And a lot of the statistics I have were done before the pandemic. So I'm sure that Ooh, the numbers are even higher yeah. than, than what they were when these studies were done. But nearly half of all children that are eight years old and younger have their own tablet, which, I mean, was true for my kids. Both of my kids had their own devices. And honestly, like, we were really proud of that. We're like, oh, we're such good parents, you know, because our kids have their own devices and they're so smart because they have their own devices. So, you know, half of all kids eight years and younger have their own. Children under eight years spend an average little over two hours a day on digital screens, which is about what my kids were doing. We were doing about an hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon. hate to interrupt you. Is that yeah. exclusive of TV? No, is this is not TV? TV. This is... So it is... Ex- I mean, it's yes, just... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it yeah, is yeah. exclusive yeah, of yeah. TV. Yeah. So, this so is that's just... not even counting any cartoon time that they may be throwing exactly. in there. Exactly. This is like um, iPads, phones, things oh, like okay. that. And then this is really interesting, and I'm sure this number has skyrocketed, but children between 8 and 18 spend an average of seven and a half hours a day on screens. And so now you throw in... It's like a full-time job. Yeah, literally. Yeah, think of how much time you spend at work and imagine being yeah. on a screen... For that length of time. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's a lot. And like I said, I'm sure that those numbers have gone up significantly since the pandemic. Does that include their school screen time or that's just... No. That's because just, again, these, these studies were done before virtual learning was really Right. So that's thing. just recreational yeah. screen time. Exactly. Seven and a half hours. Yeah. Wow. That is pretty insane. I mean, I guess when you look at it, I mean, you know, I've got a son who's pretty proficient at Xbox. I don't really think about the time that he spends on it. Right. But. It adds up quickly. I mean, you think like just you and me on social media, I think I'm just going to get on Facebook for 10 minutes and then 45 minutes later, I'm still on Facebook. Yeah. Here is my dirty confession about apps because I've just learned about it. And the more I've been thinking about it in this episode that we're doing now, TikTok, have you played any mm-hmm. time on TikTok? I'm not a huge fan of TikTok. But it's called TikTok for a reason. Like yeah. there, one minute, you know, yeah. the in your mind, oh, it's not a whole lot of time. You know, I don't know how much time a TikTok video takes, but I'm thinking a minute or whatever, too. I don't, I don't know what yeah. the, the limit is. But the next thing you know, you've TikTok your time away. Yeah, a good chunk of your day away. Yeah. So I've kind of put that in a folder now out of the way because it was on my iPhone screen where it was visible right when I opened the phone. So mm-hmm. I kind of tucked it in a folder to kind of yeah. use why that as emergency purposes not make it only. as easily accessible. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. So we talked about a lot of screen time uh, Mm -hmm. or how much kids are getting. So with that amount of screen time, what are the effects of too much screen time on a kid? Yeah, I think most parents, if you sat down and talked to them, would probably confess that they know that much screen time is probably not good for their kids. But if you were to ask, well, why? What does it do? I don't know if they could like articulate what it is. So I have some proven effects of too much screen time. One is behavioral problems. And I mentioned that earlier with Lola. When we take away her devices, I mean, you Poor can Lola's it today. a bad rap. <laughs> I know. Well, Harper too. We'll throw Harper <laughs> in there as well. I mean, you take a kid's device away and because it's designed to be addictive, 
huge meltdowns. Yeah. You're seeing lack of sleep, um, especially kids, if you're giving them a device right before bedtime. And this is a side effect that I don't think you realize how much it's affecting your child until you take the device away. Up until this point, you think, oh, this is probably just normal. These are normal sleep problems we're having, or this is an average amount of time they should be sleeping. But when you take them away and you see how much better they sleep, how much quicker they fall asleep, you realize how much the screen was affecting that. And we're seeing an increase in childhood obesity. And a lot of this is just because kids aren't going outside playing anymore. And and why would you when you've got um, this device at your fingertips that can make you feel like you're outside, you're doing activities that are based outside, but it's on a screen. Um, We're also seeing violence increase in kids. The more exposure that kids get to violence, the more desensitized they become with it. So, and, you know, this isn't going to take away your typical sibling rivalry, but biting things at school, things on the playground, because kids are seeing these actions on YouTube videos or in games that they're playing. It's just becoming a part of their normal day-to-day behavior. Yeah, and oftentimes what you see on TV isn't really what happens. So like somebody can hit somebody and that person feels it, doesn't feel it, whatever the case may be. But you hit somebody in real life, they're really going to feel it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, And a five-year-old doesn't understand that. They think it's real what they're watching and, you know. You know, just like a gun, you shoot it and somebody dies on a video game, but they're alive. you get a new life right afterwards. You get a new life, yeah. So it can be very confusing to kids. Absolutely. We're also seeing a lot of developmental delays in kids. Um, I've talked to teachers who... Which is crazy, right? Because it's supposed to be the opposite. Yeah, we think we're doing our kids these huge benefits. But we send them to school and they don't even have enough strength in their hand to hold a pencil because they're not running around. They're not jumping. They're not doing things that kids should normally be doing. Right. So we send them to school. They can't keep up with their friends on the playground because their body has not been trained and the muscles haven't been strengthened enough to do the things that kids are normally supposed to do. There's also a term going on right now called phantom swiping. And it's kids are so used to devices that when you hand them an actual book, they don't know what to do with it because they've never (laughs) turned pages. Yeah. Yeah, they want the pictures on the pages to be interactive. So they're trying to move them with with their fingers because they've never actually had interaction or much interaction with a real book. And the last effect is something we've already talked about is just this addiction. We're feeding into this, these addiction behaviors in our kids, again, thinking that we're helping them, thinking that, oh, they're educational apps, so they've got to be good for them. But we're really triggering this addiction component in their brain and it's doing far more damage than good. Let's be honest with ourselves. I mean, at least for me, we don't live in the era of our parents or our grandparents. Or right. any of this. I mean, lives today are busy. Just getting people around a dinner table sometimes is a challenge. Absolutely. Um, regardless of the screen time, just soccer schedules or baseball schedules or school schedules or dance schedules or gymnastic schedules. And then you throw that in with, you know, multiple kids going multiple places with, you know, different parents. I mean, it's just hard. And so sometimes when you get home, and you've got all of these things to do j- just to keep your own house in order, the easy thing is to go, here's the iPad, here's the TV, oh, sure. here's the iPhone. It's become a babysitter yeah. for us as parents. Yeah, and, and you know, and I don't think anybody, well, and I think people have justified it, A, thinking it was okay, mm-hmm. because that's what we've been told, Yeah. and B, I'm doing a good thing because my kid's going to learn from this iPad. I'm, you know, I'm going to give them an educational tool. Well, that's all designed to go to their base level brain. It's not really... Well, you've talked about the problems that it's creating. Right, yes. So it really is insane. And and when you think about Amazon, right, their whole mission statement when they first started, I remember, was they wanted people to fall in love with reading, with books. Yeah. 
and it's kind of taken a, a disastrous turn. I don't think out of any malice. I mean, I just think it's evolved into that and they didn't know what they were getting into when they were like giving away these free, I mean, I think they probably knew a little bit, but they were, I think they had good intentions in wanting people to learn Absolutely. how to read and, Absolutely. and be more engaged with reading. But yeah. I think it just turned a, a turn that, yeah. that and we're it's just like now said, realizing. Just like a parent, you, it's <clears throat> with every good intention, giving your kid most yeah. of the time, good intentions yeah. with yeah. giving your kid a device. And we just have no idea how it's affecting them yeah. in a negative way. So I remember because I'm guilty of it, I, you know, just like all of us are. My son plays hockey. We talk about it. I remember we lived in North Carolina at the time, and we played hockey in Washington, D.C., and, you know, we did it often because there's not a huge hockey presence in the Carolinas, so you'd have to travel a little bit. And he was 8, 9, 10, whatever he was, and he had an iPhone or an iPad in the back seat just watching movies because it killed time. He was quiet. Yeah. He didn't worry about when we got there or asked me when we were going to stop for lunch or whatever the case may be. And I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. But in retrospect, it's probably the worst thing I could have done. Yeah. We probably should have been saying playing games, I spy, or let's yeah. find the license plates from different states. Yes. It should have been more interactive. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you said that because I've, I've thought about this a lot in terms of read, play, talk. And we talk about all of these barriers that parents face and why they're not reading, playing, and talking with their kids. And I think screens is a huge barrier. Yeah. It's keeping parents from having to read, play, and talk with their kids yeah. because the kid is entertained and they're yeah. quiet. And so we don't feel the need to. Yeah. And I think climate sometimes plays a big role in it. Like, so I have two sons. One was born in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one was born in Pennsylvania, grew up in Texas. The other one was born in Texas. And he did his primary stuff in North Carolina mm-hmm. where the climate is much easier. We noticed right away when we got to North Carolina, there were kids playing. Yeah. You didn't see that in the summertime in Texas because it's so hot. And yeah. what's the easiest thing to do? Not get hot and go out and play and do all the mm-hmm. Stay in the air conditioning and play. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is huge benefits. Okay, I want to so, tell you some benefits. Let's talk about the benefits, time. please. Yeah. Okay. I get, you know me, I get sidetracked. I know. No, I love it, though. One benefit that we saw in our kids specifically, and there's tons of research on it as well, is just increased creativity. It's okay for your kids to be bored. And I think that's something parents don't understand, something that I didn't understand for a long time. Anytime either one of my girls would come up to me and say, Mom, I'm bored, I would instantly try to fix their boredom. But like, okay, well, let's, you know, let's get a puzzle out or let's get um, a board game out or let's play with this toy or whatever. And I was solving all of their problems for them. And so when we took screens away and you need to be aware of this as a parent if you're going to take your kid's screen away so if they're on for two hours a day well that's two hours now in your day that you're going to have to fill with something yeah so allowing them to be bored and they're not going to be able to solve their boredom instantly on their own so as a parent i had to be willing you know those two hours of my day like i played a lot of mousetrap I hate mousetrap. Like I hate <laughs> setting up that board game. I know it's tough. But I I would rather play mousetrap a hundred times than have kids that are addicted to screens yeah. and cannot solve their own boredom. Now that happened for a week or two where I was, you know, kind of aiding them and helping them along solving their own boredom. But now because they're not used to being on screens anymore. They figured it out they, on their own, right? Yeah, they can figure it out. So you'll see a huge boost in creativity in your kids. You'll also see better behavior. We see yeah. with both of our girls, we saw fewer meltdowns because we weren't ripping this addiction device out of their hands. Yeah. Uh, we saw stronger family relationships. When you take a device away um, it will instantly make you reflect on yourself on how much you're on the device 
And when you take devices away, you actually have to talk to each other, yeah. which is like Shocker. a crazy concept. Going to a restaurant and not having everyone have their own device, you actually have to talk. Talk about your day and what went well. What made you sad? How did you help someone today? So your bond within your family is naturally going to get stronger. And then kind of on the backside of what we talked about with the effect of too much screen time, we're going to see so much more progress developmentally within within kids because they're going by solving their boredom. They're going to be more creative. They're going to be outside developing those fine motor skills, developing the muscles inside your body. So you're just going to be, by the time you send kids to school, if your kids are already in school, they're going to be so much further along developmentally um, than their peers who are on screens for a good chunk of the day. Yeah, and let's be honest, they're going to be exposed to screens anyway. Sure. Right? I mean, they're exposed to screens at school. And it's great, but it's in an atmosphere where it's designed Mm -hmm. to use that to teach you rather than just going, here you go. And it has a start and end time at school. You know, this isn't... And and I do want to touch on that too. This is not meant to attack virtual learning or devices in the classroom. I know those serve a time and place. This is more for that recreational... Right babysitter aspect almost for parents. You think you're taking something away that they're really getting somewhere else for a better use and learning how to use it properly. Absolutely. All right. Now that we've scared the bejeebies out of them. Which is not my intent. Every parent, because it's a lot of information. I mean, it it does seem scary. And and parents are probably a little bit overwhelmed when they're hearing this Mm -hmm. or thinking, "Uh uh-oh, it's too late. I'm gone. I'm a goner. I can't do anything about it. I've, I've given my kids since two an iPad. Yeah. Tell them there's hope. Absolutely. There's hope. I taught a class on screen-free kids last week and a parent came up to me. Her son was 18 and she was like, is it too late? And I said, no, that's your child. They're still under your roof. You still have authority over them. It is absolutely not too late. So I have three steps. I always love like a good three-step comeback. (laughs) The first step is remind yourself that you're the parent. I think a lot of times we give our kids devices because we don't want to parent them. And we think, well, they're already so addicted. I don't know what I'm going to do. You're the parent. You're the one who gets to make the rules. And if you are convicted or I guess you feel the need to do something after hearing this information, then do something. You have every right as a parent to want the best for your child. And by the way, so it comes to mind, let's say you've given them this iPad or this iPhone or whatever the case may be, because you've got something to do to clean the kitchen, cook dinner, involve them in those activities. Yes. Right. It's way more educational than what that screen is going to provide. Definitely. Yeah. So that's step number one. You're the parent. You're in charge. You make the rules. Find power in that. The second step is make some kind of a change for us. I decided we're taking these away completely. Like I, you went cold turkey. We did. Yeah. Just the next day, the iPads were gone, and the girls asked about. It. I'm like, oh yeah, we're not playing with those right now. I didn't tell them it was forever, because yeah. I didn't want to scare them. You know, yeah. I was just like, yeah, we're just not playing with those right now. That may be too much for your child. In fact, if your child is spending upwards of four and five hours a day, I don't recommend taking it yeah. away all at once. That's going to be too much of a shock to them. And too much of a disruption to their normal pattern. So, you know, let's say like they're on for five hours a day. For a week, cut it down to four. Then cut it down to three. And pull it, gradually pull it back to where it's nothing. And I would probably think you want to supplement that one hour with a board game or with something that you guys can do interactive that they begin to see. Maybe maybe this is more fun than that stupid screen. Yes. You as a parent are going to have to think of some ideas and have some tricks in your pocket 
to fill that that time that you're taking screens away. So make some kind of a change, whether it's even if you don't want to take it away completely, just reduce it to some to some extent. And then the third step is reflect on yourself. As a parent, your kid is always going to follow what you're doing. And if you are telling them you're not going to play on your iPad anymore, even if you believe that's what's best for them. They're not going to believe you if you're still sitting over there on your phone on Instagram or Facebook or even doing work, even checking your emails in front of them all the time. So you need to reflect on your own screen time and make this a family effort to want better for your family and to want better for your kids. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So you're remind yourself you're the parent, make a change, any kind of change, and then reflect on mm-hmm. yourself and your usage. All right. So I'm guessing there's plenty of resources out there for people to find stuff about this. Where else can people look? Okay. So I'll do a, um, a selfish plug here. We are teaching screen-free kids classes through Community Ed. I actually teach those. So we, we did one in March. We're going to do one more in May. So you can... It's again, it sounds like like I'm contradicting myself, but on our Facebook page, you yeah, can right. see our, our classes and what we have. We also send, if you've got a child in Mesquite ISD through Peach Jar, we send all of our class information or on KEOM, who is a proud partner of the Read Play Talk podcast. They will advertise our classes as well. I cannot, if you take any resource away from what we talk about, I cannot recommend Glow Kids enough. Uh, That's a book by, I'm never going to say his last name right ever, Nicholas Cardaris. It may be like me, where you only have to read the first 22 pages enough right. to be convinced. But that book is an incredible resource for all kinds of screen addiction. It talks, obviously, about the screen addiction that we're talking about with sure. littles. It talks about social media addiction that we're seeing in teenagers and adults, and also video game addiction. So Dr. Cardaris is a is an addiction specialist, and he was dealing mainly with like substance abuse addiction, mm-hmm. and then just kind of how our society has evolved. Now he does these like technology addiction and meets with teenagers. It's an incredible book. I could talk on that for an hour, but I won't. Glow Kids absolutely is a must read. If you're wondering how to do a screen detox with your kids, there's a book called Reset Your Child's Brain by Victoria Dunkley. And that's actually a book that will walk you through a four-week process of screen detoxing your kids. I would just encourage parents, try it for a week. Like, even if you're skeptical about this information, try it for a week or two weeks and see if you notice any kind of difference in your kids. I can guarantee you, you're going to see some benefits within your kids with increased creativity, better moods, better family relationships. And you'll probably be like me where I wish I would have never given my kids a screen Yeah, because I feel (laughs) like I've done them a disadvantage of what, what their childhood could have been. I've... I feel like I gave them their childhood back when I took away their screens. Sure. So, and just to be clear to everybody, we're not saying give up Facebook, give up, there's yeah. just a time and a place and an yeah. appropriate thing. So like with your children, if it's time to play with them, play with them. And then maybe when they're at bed and you're going to sleep at night, mm-hmm. maybe spend your time 30 minutes or whatever, a lot yourself the time, you'll probably be better for it too, right? Absolutely. This is more just to bring awareness of how we're spending our time as a family, yeah. and are we really spending it as a family if we're all on our own devices? Well, this has been awesome information. What do you say we wrap it up? Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you haven't done so already, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. We would love it if you would give us a glowing review on whatever platform you get your podcast from. Five-star reviews are obviously our favorite. 
Follow us on our social media platforms for ideas on how to read, play, and talk together at home. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Read Play Talk and on Twitter at Read Play Talk TX.